it's Margot Tantow here. Welcome to Windowsill Chats, a podcast for creatives and the creatively curious. I am so glad you're here. I've spent decades working with artists and being one myself. I've spent time in the trenches figuring out the best way to get something made, how to put oneself out there, and how to get your work noticed and pull yourself up and face the next challenge. Windowsill Chats brings you creativity from a global perspective as I talk in depth to friends I've met along the way. I'm here to bring their stories to you as well as a few of my own and see if there's anything you can pull out for yourself. Maybe a laugh, something you can relate to, and definitely a little bit more community for your quiet corner. So grab a cup of tea or coffee, maybe your paint water, a glass of wine, and join me over in my sunny windowsill. Hey, listeners, thank you so much for being here. If it's your first visit to the windowsill, I'm so glad you found us. And if you're back again, I have a treat for you today. I am talking to the very clever and creative Becky Dawson today, and she is just a gem. I was so empowered and inspired by this conversation because I really feel like she's she's a doer and she figures things out along the way, and I'm a big fan of that. It feels like in this social media world, we tend to wait to be shown things sometimes or compare ourselves to how other people are doing things. And we chat a lot about what it's like not to do that or maybe have started into it before that was as common of a of a thing to have to navigate. Anyway, I think you'll really find a lot of great information in this. Becky is an artist and illustrator and super duper entrepreneur, and she lives just outside of Portland, Oregon. She started screen printing t-shirts in her spare bedroom about 12 years ago, and this business has now evolved into a great, wonderful wholesale business and store and just really a wonderful place to be inspired. Becky designs and manufactures her own line of paper and gift products, and it's sold in literally hundreds of stores worldwide. She paints and draws and makes ceramic creations, and she owns and manages her own brick-and-mortar gallery and gift shop, and it carries exclusively her art and her products. Becky's art is a creative world full of mythical creatures, farm animals and pets, plants and flowers. She's inspired by the beautiful, the unusual by joy, and by fun. And it really comes across in what she does. I did a little digging online and I found an article that was in the Oregonian last year. Here's a little bit from that article. On the other side of the railroad tracks down a one-lane road behind a plumbing shop in Oregon City is Becky Dawson's semi-secret art gallery and gift shop. Named appropriately One Lane Road, the shop offers greeting cards, tea towels, tote bags, and so much more featuring Dawson's colorful and whimsical designs along with her original paintings and ceramic sculptures. And it's only open twice a month. The One Lane Road Gallery was born out of a pandemic idea Dawson had in December 2020. At the time, all the local craft fairs had been canceled and many of the stores where she sold her artwork were closed. She decided to build a small roadside stand outside her home in rural Clackamas County, fill it with cards, tea towels, and stickers, and leave payment up to an honor system. People do that with flowers and vegetables, she thought, why can't I do it with my art? So... That's just a little bit to introduce you to the wonderful Becky Dawson. I also want you to know that if you're anywhere near Oregon City, Oregon, this coming weekend, September 23rd and 24th, Becky will be open from 11 to 4. And then the next weekend she'll be open is November 11th and 12th, also from 11 to 4 each day. If you'd like to be kept abreast on when Becky will be open, hop on her website, which is onelaneroad.com and sign up for her email newsletter or hop over to her Instagram, which is onelaneroad and she'll pin at the top her open dates. So find your way over to Becky's gallery and find yourself a comfortable spot to sit and listen to this great conversation. Becky, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm really looking forward to finding out more about you and your whole creative process. Thank you, Margo. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah. So I want to know, 
your creative journey from screen printing t-shirts to now owning a gallery and gift shop. It's super inspiring to me. And I'd love for you to take us back to the early days in your, you know, spare bedroom and how that experience ignited your passion for art and illustration because it comes across loud and colorfully clear. (laughs) Yeah. So I'd always wanted to be an artist ever since I was a kid. And um, I thought that I might go to art school and it just never ended up being in the cards for me. I was a hairstylist all throughout my 20s. and Very creative. Yeah, it was. It was. I loved doing that. And, um, but around the time that I started having kids shortly after I had my first kid, I was like, this is the time I really want to like dive into my art again. I want to try to see if I can make some kind of a business out of it, selling it. Um, I definitely was thinking of it from a business standpoint, um, which I think now, like looking back, it, it was, it's kind of different than other artists I talked to where. I, you know, I didn't explore, I wasn't painting and doing all these things from the get go. I was more thinking it from a business standpoint, like what can I do right now that can most likely make me some money where I can be creative and get a little bit of my art out there in the world. That's kind of how I was looking at it. So I did a bunch of research trying to figure out like what would be the best thing. And this was at the time where Etsy was still kind of new. Mm. And so I looked and I was like, you know, making t-shirts would be kind of fun. And it seems like other people that sell t-shirts are doing pretty well. And I like to draw. So I was like, you know, I can make some fun little designs and draw them. And I figured out, I taught myself how to screen print from YouTube. And within like a couple of weeks of learning how to screen print from YouTube, I opened my Etsy shop selling graphic tees. And yeah, I named it One Lane Road because I had recently moved out to the country and we live on a one lane road. And also in the back of my mind, I was thinking like, yes, I'm screen printing t-shirts right now, but eventually I would love for this to grow into something more. I would, And I felt like the name one lane road is something was a name that I could grow into over the years. So it's a great name. <laughs> when, so when was this? When did you start that Etsy shop? That, that Etsy shop was in 2011. I did have a couple other Etsy shops previous. Like my first one was in 2008. And, but one lane road with screen printing, that was 2011. Very impressive. I, I love the fact that you figured that out and that your whole approach was business from the start. I think that really comes through in what you're doing and the offering you have because Scrappy is one of my favorite words and I, 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 it's tenacious. It's, it's positively tenacious. And I think so often when, as we get, I don't know if this is going to make sense, but as we get kind of further into how to put our art on things and put it out into the world and companies come along like a Zazzle or a Redbubble or, you know, print on demand company or something like that, we tend to think that, oh, that's how you do it. When in fact, there's a lot of ways to do to do it, the big air quotes, and you embrace it from the start. So I think that shows tenacity and like, okay, so I want to do this creative thing, but how can I make it work for me? How can I, if I'm going to do it, it has to pay me some money, basically. So how, yeah, yeah, I love that you you started there. And you mentioned like Redbubble and like all those things, maybe they were around back then, but I didn't know there was definitely not print-on-demand options no, that I, I knew of in 2011. So it was like right. my idea of making t-shirts was like, how am I going to get these made? I think maybe I may have done a little research of like calling around at screen print shops and right. soon finding out like their minimums were way too high for something I just wanted to do small yeah. scale. So I was like, well, I guess I have to teach myself how to do it. <laughs> yeah. You know, I have a dear friend who started t-shirts right around that time too and she you know she invested in one of those circular five print things and was doing it all in her basement and you know we just do what we can figure out and i i don't know i'm old school but i think there's something so giantly appealing about oh you silk screen this yourself you know i like hands down i'm buying that one you know yeah yeah i started to realize that it was it was such a weird like progression of things like I started screen printing the t-shirts 
And I think I had a lot of ideas for designs, but I, I didn't know how to use Photoshop or Adobe Illustrator. So I was like, I was drawing with a Sharpie on a piece of computer paper. And then I would go to like Office Max and they would scan it in for me and, and put it on like a transparency sheet. And it was, it was so <laughs> to <laughs> like expose process, that. Yeah. Wow. And my process was so crazy now that I think about it, but. My, I didn't even think my drawings were good, but it was the only way I knew how to take these ideas and put them onto a shirt. But then shortly after opening my Etsy shop and things went pretty well, like uh, shortly after I opened my shop, I, I started doing okay. Mm-hmm. And then people started asking me, um, basically hiring me for like illustration jobs. And I was like, what's going on? Like, I didn't even <laughs> think my drawings were very good. I'm just doing this because the only way I know how to put a design on a on a shirt and from there it kind of gave me like little boosts of confidence yeah like maybe I could maybe I could do more of this maybe I could share more of what more of my ideas so oh my gosh and that was the time you know back then I say it like like it was centuries ago but things have changed how we see things and how certainly how Etsy works and you know it used to be that every hour on the hour they would change their artists you might be interested in today and it was just easier like i would set my clock by that i would look oh my gosh yeah almost every hour the etsy featured sellers i i loved those that was so interesting yeah yeah Yeah. i found a lot of people that way and so that that was more helpful too because it was it was sort of a different beast at the time Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so you kind of you you did the t-shirts and then people came calling for more of your artwork in a different way yeah i started to do like my you know, the technical side of things, like I didn't know how to use Adobe Illustrator or Photoshop. So it's like, people were asking me, Oh, can you design anything from like apparel for their business to like, you know, of course, lots of like logo requests and just, I don't know, just different things where I started to realize maybe I had like somewhat of a creative voice with this style that I was printing on shirts and maybe I could do more with it. So, but I wanted to, but I still had that business mindset of like, I, I want to grow this into something where I'm making a little bit of a like consistent income from it. So it took me about seven years <laughs> of screen printing t-shirts um, in my spare bedroom before I got to the point where I started outsourcing my screen printing. Mm-hmm. And um, that was like a really big jump for my business to pass that on to, I just work with like a local small shop it's two guys and they wow. yeah. um do it all for me and from that point it opened up more time so then i'd be like okay now i can do some more with my art i can paint i can um expand my product line so at that point sure. is when i started doing like greeting cards and oh and, and previous while i was doing the t-shirts i was also doing like tea towels and tote bags those mm-hmm. were always kind of a staple in my line too with the screen printing but yeah, about seven years or so into it is when I started expanding my product lines from greeting cards and stickers and all the things and then prints. And, and now it's been 12 years. Awesome. So did, when you ex- were expanding and thinking, oh, gosh, maybe I could do greeting cards and I'm not going to print all those. So did you just kind of how do you find your? And you don't have to give your sources away, but like, yeah, how did your tenacious self kind of take those <laughs> next steps? Um, a lot of it was just networking with other artists that I knew from like Instagram and um, locally and just like asking around like, hey, where do you get your cards printed? Where yeah. do you get your... And every people are usually pretty cool about sharing it. And, and then, yeah, that was basically how I came across. A lot of it too was calling around. Like I'm lucky to live close to Portland, which is just such an artist hub. And yeah, there's yeah. so many different places to get things made and and so i think sometimes i would just have an idea of like what i want to get this made where's the best place to do this i don't know i would just google it and call and you know people (laughs) sometimes they don't they don't want to work with a small independent artist a lot of places don't want to they kind of you know are a little bit rude and some places are excited like oh yeah we love working with artists you know right figure it out. <laughs> I love that. And and I asked that because I think that really is the best way because, you know, you might call, you might have a friend all the way across the country or in a different, you know, in a different country that's like, oh, I use this printer. But often, you know, you want to be able to 
press check and pick them up and avoid shipping and things like that. And there's really so much more happening in our communities than we might even know about. 100%. Yeah. And I think printers, if you're printing on paper, well, printing on anything, but those guys can be your best friends. You know, you can, you might even find a printer that has a big storage facility that can print and store some things for you. You know, who knows what, but I love that you just asked. That's what it takes. I feel like in this digital age, sometimes we're again, just kind of waiting to figure it out or waiting to see what shows up or, you know, print on wood.com, print on metal.com. <laughs> it's more like, yeah, I, I recommend looking close by and asking your friends, right? Absolutely. I feel like some of the best products that I've like, like my product clients really got refined into just not being able to figure out the best way to get things done. Like a lot of trial and error. Right. And, you know, little things like my tea towels, um, just the way that, you know, I get them screen printed and I have hangers that I put them on and the hangers that I put them on. That was a journey to figure out how to do that because I used to just order plastic hangers in bulk and I really didn't like using all that plastic. So then I figured out I want to make them out of like cardboard. So I started calling, um, different, I guess it was like a product. I don't know, cardboard manufacturer okay, places yeah. around and, you know, and, and said, Hey, can you, I want to make this hanger for my tea towels. Um, can you help me with it? And I ended up finding a place that helped me create this design. And now I order, you know, they don't, and it's obvious they don't work with, you know, independent artists very often. So they're always very intrigued when I place my order and they're like, <laughs> who are you? What is this for? You know, but. But yeah, I think it's it's just not being afraid to ask and eventually you figure things out and sometimes you end up with this product or this whatever, you know, something, some kind of marketing material that's so unique compared to everything else that's out there because, you know, you figured it out on your own. It wasn't the obvious choice. It wasn't, yeah, yeah. like you said, when you Google something and woodprints.com, it's like, no, I actually had to. Yeah. Figure this out by asking a bunch of questions and ended up coming up with this really unique find. Well, I think too, sometimes when you can collaborate with a manufacturer like that, you end up coming up with things because they're like, they can make suggestions because they're used to the material, whatever that is, corrugate or whatever. And the same can be said for when I'm all the times I've been in factories overseas and you have an idea, you walk in with an idea. But if you can take a minute for a factory tour or let me talk to your production guy or whatever, oh, hey, we can make this better because you know how to do this. And I didn't even think about it. So that's fun. That's super fun. Yeah. So fun. So fun. I love it when um, businesses are willing to collaborate like that. And they're, that's the best. It is the best. And not, not everybody's willing to, but it's no. so awesome when they are. <laughs> and I would think, too, if you get that person, they're like, oh, my gosh, we're just printing these boxes every day. How fun to do something different because they get to stop and think outside the box and you get to too. I love that. And you have so many great products. I mean, I'm on your, I was looking at your website earlier, onelaneroad.com and you figured out how to print your, your art on a lot of great things. And I, and kudos to you because it's really a rich offering. I love that. Thank you. I have a lot of fun with it. And I think because I screen printed everything myself and was just very, had a very limited offering for so many years that I was able to really kind of dig into the quality. Like I'm, I'm just, there's lots of things that maybe other people would notice if they're not doing it, making it themselves for seven years. (laughs) There's lots of little details. And then, um, yeah. I, I just, I have, I have a lot of fun. I love making products, but I love making original art too, which I'm starting to do a little bit more with my gallery and gift shop. <laughs> I love that you have created that opportunity for yourself because I, I feel like, I don't know anybody who's made product. Oh my gosh. You know, it does become, it takes you further away from your, it often can take you further away from your creative juice. Yeah. And it's like, oh my gosh, I have to ship out all these things and there's really not time for me just to play. But play, of course, is where the, the next magic 
product comes from. Absolutely. How are you found finding time for that? How, what's your process been around that? I'm constantly trying to find different ways to outsource so that I can have more time to make art. Like the largest part of my business is wholesale. Mm-hmm. And I have um, in Portland, there's a distribution, like a small distribution center that has a warehouse and they manage uh, most of my wholesale distribution. So, so that takes a lot off of my shoulders as far as having to like ship orders out daily. And um, that's huge. It is huge. Yeah. And then I do manage some myself. I have like a, a local retailer that's a pretty big local re- retailer that I ship out and manage that one. But yeah, finding ways to outsource just little things here and there over time so that it opens up more time for me to create art is really what I'm trying to do. <laughs> it's like, what, what do I, what don't I have to do? Um, and trying to find the right people to maybe pass that on to. But yeah, it's a, it's, it's not as easy, but that, I mean, that might be the most <laughs> prize winning thing of all is to find <laughs> those ways. Because I think often that's one of the, the daunting things when one thinks about, oh my gosh, I could do a card line or I want to do tea towels or whatever that thing might be. But oh my gosh, then I'm going to have to manage that, put them somewhere, mm-hmm. ship them, have time for that. And, and so, yeah. you know, there are other ways, but. That takes a little research too. I'm just going to throw out there that you could charge for a class on that. You could do a little <laughs> ebook on how to, you know, tips to find that because those are the things that stop us. But it's also just hearing that it's possible planting a seed. You have a ton of wholesale accounts. How did that come to be? Combination of things. Like I've been building my wholesales pretty much since the beginning of when I opened my Etsy shop in 2011. So. Um, there's been a lot of just building that up over time. I've done so many different things. Like I was on Etsy wholesale when that was a thing. I did wholesale in a box for a while when that was a thing. And, you know, I did my own like outreach and I think a lot of it is I've just been around for a while and I've been doing this and just been lucky to have things grow like that. And then also having, uh, working with this distribution center in in Portland, like they have all their clientele that orders from them. So that definitely has helped new people find me as well. That's interesting. I never thought about that, that doorway. Have you done any, any gift shows or anything? So I've done one and I did the Seattle gift show. Okay. That, it, that was the only like trade show I had ever done. Um, and yeah, that, that's always been a thing for me because I was like, I <laughs> doing all this research of having a product line and building a wholesale. It's like, I thought I have to do trade shows. That's just part of it. Right. And then, but I really did not want to do them. Um, mm-hmm. like, you know, I would do, like the local bigger markets around here in the Portland area. I did those for years and that was a big part of building up my mm-hmm. brand and also getting more wholesale accounts that way too. Yeah. But um, yeah, I've been lucky enough to not have to do trade shows and I'm kind of like not really wanting to, if I don't have to. Oh, I, I, <laughs> as from one who's done uh, countless, just countless, Stay away. <laughs> you know, I mean, <laughs> I'm really impressed with. So on your, on, I'm saying this, I can see this because on your website, you show where to buy your product and, and it lists stores all over. And, yeah. and I love, again, you figured out ways to get your product in front of people that are, that work for you. And, um, that's very impressive because trade shows are a great way because you, certainly you get in front of people that you wouldn't otherwise but those are also changing since covid those have changed a lot and fair wholesale yeah, here in the us is, also on fair is a really that. good way for people to find us but local shows you know any way you can the whole distributor kind of growing your business is interesting too but anyway i digress that's that's the <laughs> nitty gritty that i can't help but think about but now you have a store of your own yes. tell us about that Oh my gosh, it's been so amazing. I opened it a little over a year ago, so June 2022. 
And it was a big leap doing that. It was super scary, but it was like a combination of things that pushed me to do it. Um, I think having a product line and I have so many things I make and do, I had craved for a while having some kind of a like showroom or like a proper studio slash yeah, like a studio slash show- showroom slash storage facility. Right. That I could um invite the public into every once in a while to shop my goods because people, you know, friends, family, um, all throughout the year would always be like, Hey, can I come over to your house and and <laughs> shop? And I'm like, Well, it's not really set up like everything's in boxes and you know, it's not Yeah. I mean, so I was like, gosh, I feel like I have so many things and I would love to be able to display them in a beautiful way more than just going to like a craft fair art show type thing. Like I wanted like a store, but I didn't want to be locked into a typical retail store where I was open, you know, five to seven days a week and, you know, have to be either there myself or hire staff. Like that didn't sound appealing to me either. Right. So I kept tossing this idea around, like, what can I do? How can I make this work? And, um, especially after coming out of, you know, the thick of COVID and, you know, the isolation, I was like really creating more connection with my community. And I live in this really awesome community. Like I grew up in this area. I know a lot of people and I just, I love it here. And so I was like, you know, I want to find like a warehouse or like, something where I can store, get all this wholesale stuff out of my house and mm-hmm. store it, but then have this showroom that I can invite people into. So I started looking and, you know, I wanted to find the right space that was affordable. So I wouldn't get over my head because I wasn't even sure if this whole like showroom idea would work. If people would even come. I didn't know. Right. So I finally came across the place that was like the perfect fit for what I envisioned. Um, a, a friend of mine owns this um, piece of industrial property where he runs his plumbing shop out of. And he happened to have like a garage space that he was willing to run out to me. <laughs> it sounds really great. It sounds really crazy, but to me it like completely made sense. And so I was like, okay, I, can I rent this from you? And, you know, I told him what my idea was and he was like, yeah, sure. So I figured out like the business licensing with the city, made, made sure they were cool with it. And, um, so I opened this place where it's like I store all or most of my products. And then I have a good size, um, gallery gift shop where I can display all my products and all my original art. And I settled on opening it two weekends a month. Mm-hmm. Like I went back and forth on what, how often am I going to open this? I need to have something kind of consistent or people are going to never know when I'm open. Yeah. So I decided two weekends a month. And so I did that and it, I, I was just blown away at the response. <laughs> like people were so excited. So I great. think if any, if, if anything, I've, I've met so many local artists since mm. opening it. Like I feel like there's just a lot of local artists that are inspired by what I did too. And now they want to do something like it. And I'm like, great do it like i think we need more of these yeah (laughs) so the circuit and you have a guest artist of the month do you have that at the at your shop yeah so that was part of me meeting so many local artists since opening um like it was just constantly people coming in like hi i'm an artist i'm an artist you know, I think people were also a little confused by the fact that it was just all my art when you walk in. Like, you don't go into too many gift right. shops or galleries where it's just, well, that's like the artist. It's all my right. stuff. People are kind of shocked. Like, you make all this stuff? I'm like, yeah, yeah but, you know, I do a lot of wholesale. I try to like explain it. And I'm like, okay, this is too much information. They don't yeah. understand. But <laughs> just um, yes. Like, yes, it's all me. <laughs> and so, but, but I really wanted to highlight other local artists somehow because I was just so inspired meeting all these people and I just wanted to stay connected to them somehow. And, and so I, yeah, I came up with this idea to do a featured artist at the month wall and it's been awesome. I've been doing that this year in 2023 and it's been so great because I have a variety of 
you know, skill levels and styles. You know, I've had everything from like a high school student to, you know, people that have been doing this for years and years, but I kind of feel like it doesn't like people are just hungry to try to find a place to show their art, especially in the community I live in, like just a little outside of Portland. I mean, even in Portland, I don't know. It's just, it's hard to sometimes maybe a little scary to find a place to show your art and people have really taken to the idea and it's been a lot of fun. (laughs) I think, I think that's a really good word, scary and hard because those two often go hand in hand and, and daunting. And where do I even start? And when they see someone that has figured it out or figures figuring it out, then a conversation can start. I think back, my mom and I had a store years and years ago, but it started everything else. Well, it continued everything else for me because artists would come in and say, oh my gosh, you have all this small maker work in here. Can I come in? And so then it would be the conversation of there's some art direction that sometimes had to happen. Not not because I wanted to change that person's art, but, but from a sales aspect, and I imagine you would feel the same. It's like, well, I have been making these for a long time. If you just tweak this one thing. So that led to all the other things, which is a whole other podcast. But um <laughs> I love, I just can imagine the the joy when somebody comes through that door and they're like, Oh my gosh, you know, a, a, a kindred spirit. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's just been so amazing too, is I think a lot of the people that are drawn into coming to where it's such a unique thing. Like you don't, I'm not on a busy street. So I do put a sign out on a street that's kind of busy that directs you down to me. But for the most part, most people that come to my shop are people that have heard about it through word of mouth or through social media. And so the people that most of the people that come in um, are, yeah, like kindred spirits or the people that do happen to stumble on it um, from the sign that I stick out on the road. That's, super fun too because it's not what they're expecting at all everybody like i love seeing reaction (laughs) like what is this (laughs) and it's yeah it's it's a lot of fun you have some great pictures of the outside on and the inside which you've done so well i mean obviously you you curate really well but you the outside is painted so fun too yeah yeah wouldn't want to stop there giant sasquatch mural out out front i had to do a mural on that giant wall that was that was something a must, but yeah, funny enough, that story with that is I had never done a mural that big before. I really hadn't done very many murals in general. So it was um like, you know, some trial and error figuring out how to paint that. And I had thought that I was going to do a projector and, you know, I had this whole thing all planned and then, but my, my timeline was really small with, um, you know, the weather and everything, getting it done. Yeah. So it was too sunny for a projector. So I ended up just freehanding the whole thing and it's wow. like 15 feet tall. Oh and, and it was thank goodness. I was like, please don't look bad. Yeah, it doesn't look bad. It looks so good. I, that whole projector thing too, right? It has to be, it, I didn't think when I, last time I had to project for something, Oh, it has to be dark. Like, and it was the <laughs> yeah. summer. So it had to be like 10 o'clock. I'm like, oops. Speaking of your Sasquatch and other things, I'm curious as to um, what draws you to your really captivating blend of, I don't know, mythical creatures and animals and plants and and your color sense is delicious. What kind of inspires your, your art? It's, you know, it's a mix of things. Um, For a long time, my art was mostly like animals and woodland creatures, like in farm animals. I live out in kind of a, the country. So just inspired by the world around me in the Pacific Northwest and in a rural area, but the whole mythical magical side of things is like, I've always had Sasquatch show up in my art, but it's definitely my art in the last few years have got, has gotten a little more magical and, I'm just having so much fun. I feel like that's a part of me I've always wanted to show through my art, but um, maybe making products, I felt like I had to kind of keep it a little safer because, mm-hmm. it felt, you know, I, I was really focused on like what was selling, what 
what do people want to see? And I didn't want to make things too weird. And, but then right. I, I reached a certain point where I'm like, you know what? I, I feel like I can, I can start getting a little weird and it's going to be okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I draw a lot of inspiration I, from that stuff. I think from childhood, like I'm an eighties kid. So I loved, you know, eighties movies like, uh, Labyrinth and mm-hmm. Dark Crystal and like, yep. Tim Burton, you know, Beetlejuice, Edward Scissorhands, like yeah. kind of these All like those characters. Yeah, just like that feeling of kind of almost like creepy and cute and like just fun. Like yeah. I love a lot surprisingly, of surprisingly surprisingly wonderful, even though they might look like they <laughs> might not be. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I like combining all of that, but like the overall feeling um is just fun. I love um just getting and and that seems to be people's reaction um, to my art most of the time is it's so fun and joyful yeah. um and and that's the feeling i get as i'm creating it too so i love that it definitely makes one smile and your again your color sense is just you look yeah, it makes you look twice and and great <laughs> characters like i've noticed some of your cards where it was one was i think back to school or or you know moving Oh, off to college it was. And oh yeah. <laughs> great kick and then the the inner tubing print with all the great people and, and yeah. obviously in your style. It's just it's really yeah. re- refreshing. Thank you. Since I've started painting, um, it's really I was my sense of color, it was I had a hard time with it for a while because coming from like the screen printing illustration like designing for screen printing specifically, I was doing line art, single colored line art for years. That's like all I did. So when I started painting and incorporating more color, um, it was kind of, it was, I went through definitely an uncomfortable phase of, I didn't know it felt really weird. And then Hmm. I don't know. I just, everything's very intuitive. And so it's nice to hear that the the color, the colors, (laughs) are appealing and, and yeah, I have, I like things to be kind of loose and, you know, I, I don't like anything. I, I just like it. Yeah. To be all loose and fun and feel really free. And it really does. So, yeah. And so is your, you have, um, if you all look on Becky's Instagram too, you'll see she has a cool studio too. That must be separate from your, I mean, it doesn't look like it's anywhere near the yeah. shop. Yeah, I have a, it's like a shed at my, on my property where I live, um, that we converted into my art studio probably like three or four years after I started screen printing. Mm-hmm. So did like the spare bedroom thing for a while. And then yeah. as things grew and I had to get like a printing press and a conveyor dryer and all that kind of stuff. So we converted a shed on our property into my art studio that I used for screen printing. But then when I stopped screen printing and I started painting now I use that as like my painting studio and nice I'm all over the place I I, and then recently in the last few years I've started doing ceramics so I did and I just got my first kiln that I it hasn't got fired up yet but any day now and um, so now it's kind of evolving into a paint slash ceramic studio awesome I was gonna ask how the pandemic impacted your creative journey because you had said ceramics was a recent thing did that was that yeah kind of a, i'm sitting here anyway what can i do sort of thing yeah it was the ceramics were kind of at the tail end of the pandemic like the pandemic definitely influenced like made a big leaps and bounds in my art um like i yeah i started doing the ceramics and it was in 2021 funny enough i Ceramics was something I had always wanted to get into. I had played around with like air dry clays and things like that, but mm-hmm. I really was curious about ceramics and wanted to learn more. But I was, I was cautious because I was like, no, Becky, don't start another thing. Once you start <laughs> another thing, it's going to take time away from these other things. Like I had to be very careful and prioritize my time. But, um, so I actually took a class with my whole family, my, husband and my two kids and I we took a a class at a local ceramics studio together which was you did it together that's so yeah yeah it was it was like we all wanted to do it we're all like oh this sounds fun you know right at the end of you know the pandemic or we're just craving like going out and doing things and so 
we took this class together and, you know, we all enjoyed it. We all had a great time. But then, um, me, of course, I, like I, then I just, I couldn't stop. Yeah. <laughs> like I just kept going. Everybody else is like, yeah, that was fun. <laughs> Moved on. No, wait, you're supposed like, to know how to do this. So you can throw <laughs> the mugs and I can just decorate them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, actually, interestingly enough, the, uh, the ceramic studio that I took the class with now, I have this cool thing going with them where, because I can't throw on the wheel. Like I, maybe one day, but right now, no. And the lady that owns it, she's really good at throwing things on the wheel. And so she will make me different things like planters and mugs and then pass them over to me. And I get to like decorate them and carve my art on them and do it. Yeah. So I kind of had this like collaboration going on with her occasionally, which has been Amazing. And and that was just a result of like asking too, you know, and yeah. figuring out how to get a cool thing made. Well, that goes back to what we were talking about before, you know, Cora get to ceramics. And I was going to ask you because you have cross stitch, you have amazing jewelry, and these are your designs, yeah. but in collaboration with other local yes. artists. And so that the, is yeah, the so cross great. Stitch and embroidery, that's, that's actually a licensed thing, okay. but it is with a local business. Um, I do a little bit of licensing. I would, of course, I would love to do more, but, um, but a few things like the cross stitch embroidery and yeah, she's local in Portland. Um, Goji goods. And then, um, my jewelry, it was a collaboration I did when I, so with a local jewelry artist, Morgan Barrett and, she, it, when I was opening my gift shop, there was some like gaps that needed to be filled. Like, I'm like, if I'm going to do like a gift shop, I need to have more than just tea towels, tote bags, green card stickers, like, right. Needed a few more things. Yeah. yeah. So I was thinking like, what do gift shops have, you know? And, and so my friend Morgan, who's this amazing jewelry artist, I was like, Hey, would you want to collaborate on a collection together? And she's like, yeah. So she ended up taking my illustrations and we had like a theme. The theme was cosmic. So it's like aliens and planets and things like that. And I think um, that jewelry is amazing. I love it. Thank you. It was so fun. I mean, I would have never done something like that on my own. I wouldn't be able to or reproduce it. So like her craftsmanship is beautiful. And then combining it with my uh, illustrations and like gemstones and yeah, it was brass and everything. It, such a fun thing. So yeah. we did that. And then I also had some candles that I, because that was another thing to fill in the gaps at a gift shop. Um, there's like this farm, this local farm, talk to them and they um, like, we'll hand pour you some candles and then you design. And then I'm like, I'll just design the labels and order the labels. And she's like, you can put your brand name on them. And, you know, so I'm here, I'm getting these like candles made at a farm down the road. And then able to sell them at my shop is like we're one lane road candles and this is so awesome <laughs> it's so it's so well thought out becky it's it, i believe me this you are a rare combination of creative and business and and good ideas i think well thank you and and obviously being in a place where you know people and you're connected in a in a creative mindful way has led to even more great collaborations i love that I do want to circle back to, so the pandemic helped you in some creative ways. How about business-wise? How did you manage through that? Well, like I said, a lot of my, most of my business is wrapped up in wholesale. So that was tricky then. It was like devastating. (laughs) Let's pick a good word. Let's pick the right word. (laughs) It was, it was pretty, it was scary for a while. Yeah. yeah. um, It really made me reevaluate, it made me reevaluate like, having so much of my business wrapped up in wholesale. Mm, um, mm. And and what had happened was it was like 2019. My business was doing incredible. Like I felt like I had finally, after all these years, reached a point where I was comfortable with, you know, everything. It was, but what was missing was I wasn't, I didn't have enough time. I didn't have time to make art. And like I did a little bit, but it was like very, like I had time to make art for the products that I was already producing and that was it. Like I didn't have time to experiment and mm-hmm. I really like was craving it bad. Yeah. And so after the initial devastation of my wholesale accounts completely like stopping for, you know, about a four to, it was about a four month period of like no orders coming in and I was like, Oh my gosh. But you know, website orders picked up. It kind of 
made things better. But I used that time to paint. Like that is when I went into my studio. That's when I started really painting, um, with like watercolors and gouache and using that and figuring out like, how can I incorporate this with my product line and not just my product line though. Like that's when I also realized I want to do more than just make products. Like I really want to make, you know, more original art and I want to try to figure out how I can balance that. And so it was like the pressure was off me to worry about my product line for a while. And so I just really dived into painting and I think, and also letting myself get a little more weird with the subject matter and from all that thing, I definitely grew my, grew just a lot in my creativity. So. Well, well done. Cause <laughs> I think, well, for so many, it's been such a challenging time. What do customers want? What do they need? Are they still in business? How does that affect you as a small business? And I love that the store came out of that though. Yeah. Yeah. Like, well, another little tidbit on how the store came about that's kind of a fun story is during the pandemic. So like December 2020, when I would normally have been doing maybe some craft markets and because all the stores were closed, I was like, I really want to figure out a way to get my stuff out there for people to buy it for, you know, Christmas gifts other than just buying up online. So I had this idea to do, I called it my self-serve gift shop. So I took my husband, who is great. He helps me with so many projects, like builds, can like build anything. I was telling him, I was like, I want to make a little roadside stand, kind of like a flower stand. And I want to make it like a gift shop where people can, where I could just put my greeting cards and stickers, my art prints, my tea towels, my tote bags. Oh in gosh. a very like small little area and have um, like a cash box, Venmo mm-hmm. and, um, and people like an art by. stand instead of a farm stand. Exactly. Oh, but we live on a dead end road out in the middle of the country. So it was like, well, <laughs> I don't know if this is going to work, but we just did it. Cause I we, love we, had that. The t- we had the time. <laughs> yeah. You know, it was an adventure. So we did it. My husband helped me build it. We put it out front. I announced it on my Instagram and it was like this huge success. People freaked out. People were like so excited and it was such a like joyful thing during such a like, you know, dark, scary time. And it also kind of gave me this, it was so fun going out there every day and like setting up my stuff, like this little mini shop. I felt like this kid playing shop, you know, and it, and it, it gave me that, little idea of hmm, maybe I could do this on a larger scale one day, you know, have like my own little shop. And so I think that's kind of when the idea really started to yeah. grow inside me to do my shop. You are the quintessential entrepreneur. <laughs> the wheels are always turning. <laughs> I love that so much. I mean, how joyful truly here um, where I live, we have so many farm stands and I just, it is such a treat to go by and they make it so easy now. You can Venmo and everybody's super honest. And I just, oh yeah. my gosh, if there was an art stand, I would be there <laughs> as much as I can supporting them. Oh, I love yeah. that idea. That is a good story. Yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. I'm glad I did it. <laughs> I love that. So what's are there any new collaborations on the horizon? Any upcoming projects you're excited about? Hmm. No. Well, sounds like painting is one of them. You collaborating with you. Yeah. Like my kids going back to school here in a little bit, I'm looking forward to maybe having a little more of a structured schedule so that I can get in the studio um, because I just got a kiln. So I'm really excited to play around with that because the last few years I've just been driving back and forth to the ceramic studio to fire my stuff and I'm impatient. I want to like get things moving. So, yeah. <laughs> so I'm excited see where that goes um also another thing that's exciting me that um might possibly happen is where my shop is i eventually when i started running my shop space there's this um another space next door that is being used but um he said when it's done being used Mm -hmm. that he would rent it to me and I want to, um, I would love to have 
my studio move there and be able to do workshops. Oh, like, yes. Like, because that's another thing people ask me all the time when they come into my shop. And I kind of had wanted to do that in the original plan, but it's just too small the space the way it's laid out right now. So if I had a little more space, mm-hmm. I would love to be able to do like in-person classes here and there, you know, maybe like four or five times a year. I don't know. I don't really know what it would look like exactly, but. You know, well, I was hoping you would say something like that. <laughs> it just seems like, <laughs> well, I mean, that, it is the dream. Like, I really, this teaching thing is something I've, I've wanted to do. And I've, I've done a little bit here and there, but um, I think it would be so fun. And it would just be neat to have a space that I could maybe even invite all these wonderful artists I'm meeting in my community, like, could come in and teach classes too. So there's so many things. That, that's what I was <laughs> thinking. You know, it could be, it could be such a, utilize space one when you have time and bandwidth to do it but it's like oh this artist of the month is doing a class and yeah yeah i know that's that's the thing is i feel like i'm not like i'm so inspired and excited by all these artists i'm meeting and i'm just like there's got to be more i can do with this Mm -hmm. and so yeah exactly i think like some kind of a class or workshops uh, that idea excites me. I don't, I don't know if or when, um, it could, this could be a couple of years out, but, but that's exciting me right now. <laughs> I, I'm glad it just makes sense. And that space is so cool. Yeah. I'm going to have to make a road trip down there. Can't, can't oh, I would me. love that so much. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, you're, you're very inspiring just with how you've approached it. And it almost sounded in the beginning of our conversation, like you were kind of, like, well, I kind of got into it this way. And I, I think you should a hundred percent embrace and say like, I did this. <laughs> I started this thing and, and it's just an expression yeah. of me. And, and that's, yeah. sometimes I think that's really hard to find. And it, and it really does feel like an expression of you and, and your continued exploration of what that looks like. Well, thank you so much. Yeah. I think for a long time, I, I was kind of like, almost embarrassed or a little like shameful of my journey. But at a certain point, I kind of embraced it. Like I'm self-taught. I didn't go to art school. Mm. I, you know, I felt insecure about, you know, I don't know. I felt Mm. kind of embarrassed that I I didn't have this journey. Like nobody else. (laughs) I was like, I'm not doing this like anybody else. I must be doing it wrong. (laughs) And then at a certain point, I was like, no, that's actually my strength. Like, yeah, it is. And, and so, uh, yeah. I'm so glad I I, you can see that it, because it is, I mean, that's such a good, I admire you for saying that because it, it it's a thing. We all, I think there's a part, a human part of us where we're comparing ourselves, whether it's a class we're taking or, or we're just looking to see, oh my gosh, how that, look at that person. They, went to art school or they, I don't know, had the success or, but we all, it's just through our lens, right? It's, we're seeing what looks like successful to us because we're comparing it to ourselves. And when really, if you can bring it in and, and say like, what's in my heart and what's my path and, oh my gosh, I sold a t-shirt, you know, that very first one must've been like, holy cow, somebody found me on Etsy, (laughs) this, this crazy thing. And now I, and now they want me to do graphic art for them. And, and now they're buying my things from my stand at the end of the road. And maybe I yeah. am doing something right. And I just, I so often hear from listeners, Oh my gosh, I heard myself in that story today in the, in that person talking today. And so I just appreciate it when we, when we're real, because it's, it's tricky. It's tricky out there. It is. When we have there's ourselves too. Yeah. I, I think there's a lot of false perceptions about what you should be doing. And yeah, I've gotten more and more comfortable with sharing my, you know, my story and being proud of like, yeah, I really did kind of just figured this out trial and error. And, you know, I took a unique path and I made a lot of mistakes, but that all got me to where I am today. And, and I don't think I would have wanted to do it a different way. I wouldn't look I wouldn't be doing the same thing unless I took this weird windy path. It really like created everything. My like voice, my life, like everything. Mm-hmm. So 
it is a crazy twisty path and we so often think we know what it's going to look like and we never do. We never yeah. do. If I was there right now, I'd just give you the biggest hug. I love, <laughs> I love that you, that you're doing it and, and that you're on it. And th- another thing I just have to say too is you, your art is really an expression of you too. And I love it, you know, and we'll get to this, but I had also a little preview of the people that are inspiring you. And I feel like it's really interesting because to me, they're similar in spirit to you. Very like, (laughs) well, y'all might be drawing flowers and birds and that works for you, but I'm just going to do me over here. And it's so good. It's so good. And I have to circle back with another question after, but tell me who's inspiring you. I mean, really so many and it changes on a daily basis. But a few, but a few that I like came to mind when, when I was reading that question, there's this artist, uh, Fanny Broder. She's a painter and she paints a lot of like kind of eighties nostalgia, like bright, colorful creatures. And I just really love her work. She's, you know, shows in like galleries in New York and she's taken her art to this level where it's with this like super fun um, approach. I just, I really love what she's doing. And then Tara Booth, who's an illustrator and like her work is just so, I, I love how just everything about it is, has like, she's got a great sense of humor. I love humor in work. Um, and yeah, just good stuff. Stuff that, that just, I love art that kind of catches you off guard a little bit but also just gives you that like warm fuzzy feeling. <laughs> I agree. I think you're right there with, I would love to you and those that you're inspired by in the same place at the same, in the same gallery at the same time would be pretty fabulous. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. I would. Yeah, that would be amazing. <laughs> I want to say too, I feel like your journey is a testament um, totally to the possibilities of pursuing, as we mentioned, our creative passions, one's creative passions. Do you have any advice for artists who are looking to turn their creativity into a sustainable business or just anything, anything for like taking that step? Because I feel like so many of us are waiting for, or so many people are waiting for like that licensing opportunity. And while in the waiting, do you have any advice for just like trying it? Yeah, I would say don't wait around for the opportunity because you're going to be waiting a long time and it may never come. And then you may just give up on it altogether. I say create your own opportunity. I was going to say you are your own opportunity. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I've had to do that time and time again. And I mean, if we're creative people, we can come up with creative ideas of how to get our work out there, get seen, you know, reach out to the people. Don't be embarrassed. Like I'm kind of a shy person, but I've learned to just kind of push past that fear and, you know, if you really want something, sometimes you just have to go out on a limb a little bit. And I think most people appreciate it. Like from my experience, people, they appreciate people that are direct and know what they want. And, um, and so I would say, yeah, create your own opportunities if they're not coming at you because you might be waiting a long time if you don't. And those opportunities you create on your own, sometimes they end up being way better. Yeah. And uh, you can manage it that way. Yeah. Yeah. Just do it. I, there's certain people listening. I'm going to say this. I'm not going to mention any names. There's certain <laughs> people listening that could have great success. If you listen to this and be inspired, I just so inspired by what you've done and having dived in to my own businesses and tried and figured it out and stumbled and won and lost along the way. I just, love what you're doing and I can't wait to see what's next and in, in, on that path because it's it's really great. Thank you so much Margo. It means a lot. You know, I love what I do and I just feel so grateful to be able to that, that I'm still doing this and yeah. in a lot of ways I feel like I'm just getting started. So <laughs> I love it. I love it. I'm going to go order that angel necklace because I was like, oh my God, I need that right now. <laughs> and a few other things and then get myself to Oregon City at some point in time. <laughs> Please do. That would be so amazing. Uh, thanks for the time today. And uh, just keep being bright and colorful and entrepreneurial and clever because it's working. Thank you so much. Before you go, I just want to say a quick thanks for tuning in. I hope you found something useful to take away and something to make you think. 
For those of you listening in on Spotify, and I know there are many, you now have the cool option to show your love for Windowsill Chats quickly and easily. From the show page in the Spotify app, you can simply tap to rate it one to five stars. And of course, I'll really appreciate it too if you leave a review wherever you might be listening. See you next week, lovelies, and I hope it's a creative one.